0: Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry?
1: You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined as always by Brendan Menape, Senior Digital Editor. Uh, apologies in advance, everybody. I have no voice. I sound like crap. Uh, I thought about delaying this episode, but I'm going to tough it out because, as we say in the biz, uh, the pod must go on, Brendan. We've we said um, all go the time. On. You right? still
2: got that. You still got that real nice radio voice, so I don't think anyone's going to be I don't think anyone's going to be too disappointed.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, today on this episode, we are talking about the word distributor. Specifically, uh, is it outdated? Does it need to be changed? That was the premise of a recent post by PPAI President Dale Denham, who uh, he proposed that the entire industry naming system uh, be overhauled in favor of one that kind of better reflects the modern makeup and roles of industry companies. Uh, Dale wants to address everything from you know manufacturer, supplier, distributor, and buyer and user, basically the whole nomenclature of uh, the industry naming convention, um, and he's got a, a post up on uh, PPAI's site. It's on LinkedIn. Um, For our purposes, we are going to focus mostly on the word distributor uh, because the scope of that discussion, if we include those other roles, could get pretty out of hand. But to help us do that, our guest today is Sandra Kelly. She's founder and chief operating officer of Prestige Promotions. Uh, They are a distributor based in Michigan. And Sandra was involved in the LinkedIn discussion around this idea of, you know, changing up those industry naming conventions. She had some really insightful thoughts on this. So she joined the show for a great fun conversation on the topic. Um, so we had a blast with that, that talk. And uh, we're going to get to that in a minute, maybe some controversial opinions in there. So, so make sure you, you stick around and uh, this, is, this is our most controversial. episode in. today. Yes, very. Um, we're always pushing the envelope on the PM. That's podcast. right. Um, We'll get to that in a second. Before we do, a couple super quick things to say, Brendan, while my voice holds up. Uh, One, have you seen the the most recent Elon Musk news?
2: I think it depends. What's the most recent Elon Musk news?
1: (laughs) So friend of the show, Elon Musk, uh, bought a (laughs) 9% stake in Twitter. Uh, So he will be getting a seat on Twitter's board of directors. Not sure if if you saw that. There's there's always new Elon Musk news. Like there's there's always.
2: uh, I did see that. I didn't know if something happened after that because there's a real chance in the, you know, time it took for me to go downstairs and get a glass of water. He did something else.
1: Probably several new pieces of Elon Musk news, (laughs) Uh, but he always talks about how his big dream is Mars. Like he, you know, his thing is he he wants to die on Mars. Uh, honestly, I think, tw- I think Twitter <laughs> might be the only thing he loves more than Mars because he's, he's just on it nonstop. And now he's yeah. he bought a stake in it. Um, so congrats to him. Uh, but he he teased that significant improvements would be coming. Um, so I don't use Twitter that much, but I know you do, Brendan. If there's one significant improvement you'd like to see Elon make to Twitter, what what would it be and why?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. I think for me uh somehow fix the the timeline algorithm like i see the same things from 24 hours ago like the thing that bothers me the most is when i'm if i see a sports team that i follow like they'll tweet updates like live scoring updates during the game and then you know days later i'll see that a goal was scored or a home run was hit or a three-pointer <laughs> hit i'm like wait are they on right now like no it's
1: breaking news like
2: three days ago I'm like why am i seeing this now
1: Dude, the algorithm, I'm oh. glad you bring that up. The algorithms are just all out of whack on everything. I'm telling yeah. you, man. Like, like LinkedIn, I'm scrolling through that and you get stuff from like three weeks ago, and you're like, wait, yeah, that's the- that's
2: my biggest gripe, I think. In terms of content, maybe. Um,
1: I well, think it- his significant improvement in content is just all going to be Mars related. That's all Mars and SpaceX. That's yeah. all that's going to be allowed
2: on Twitter from now on. So, let's say my I'd like to be able to easily mute that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> mute all elon musk tweets but unless
2: it's pertaining to some cool spacex products that i can then translate <laughs> into some content for the story then you know i'll let it slide
1: but they do have some cool
2: products i don't need to SpaceX. watch him I'll pick fights with people on, on online
1: uh well elon musk famously is a science guy so maybe he'll he'll you know put some of his uh science entrepreneurial background to good use and actually make these algorithm changes that people are demanding. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. Cool. Uh, but again, congrats to our, our buddy, our buddy. Elon yeah. For, you know, it's uh, always good for, to see a little man win.
2: <laughs> yeah, victory, <laughs> victory for, for the, the little the, guy. That's victory it. for the common man.
1: <laughs> um, okay. That, the only other thing that I wanted to do uh, since, like I said, I don't know how much longer my voice is even going to hold up here. Uh, I was looking around for news today and there wasn't a ton of big stuff, but I, I thought it'd be fun to do a little uh, two truths and a lie thing okay? because um, there were some, some fun headlines out there. So here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you three headlines. All right. Two of these are real and one of them I made up and yeah. you can tell me which is the fake one. Does that, that makes sense? Makes Pretty sense. easy. Okay. Got it. All right. Here we go. Two truths and a lie headlines edition. <clears throat> Number one. Adidas is making Waffle House branded golf shoes for the Masters. Number two, Arby's launches exclusive horsey sauce packet NFT that gives holders discounts on virtual food. And number three, Coca-Cola is making a drink for gamers launching in the metaverse through Fortnite. Let me know if you want me to run through them again.
2: No, no, no. I'm just, unfortunately, all three of these are completely believable. I f- Feel like
1: You should get the like a jeopardy a, music in the background. I know, hey, I know, and, I know and you and run you this through production.
2: I feel like the one that's most outrageous might be the Waffle House, but it makes sense considering it's in Georgia, and I know the, like Waffle Houses are big down there. But I'm gonna go with the Waffle House is the false one.
1: Waffle House is fake. Locking that in.
2: I'm gonna lock that one in because I feel like the All Masters right. might be a bit too prestigious for Waffle, like a bit too snooty for Waffle House.
1: So. That one is is actually true. That's a real that's a real thing. Um, I that I guess is the connection because I didn't think about that because I was like, why? What is the Waffle House connection to the Masters? But yes, it's in Georgia. Uh, They famously love their Waffle Houses in the South. So I I guess I I guess that's it. Um, The shoes look pretty good. They got like some waffle. they uh, They got the Waffle House logo on the back. Uh looks like some like syrup dripping down the side, like the Adidas oh, are bars are, are a little syrup, but yeah, they're pretty nice. I would wear those. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a nice looking shoe from Adidas. Um and it makes more sense now that you you mentioned spikes, like the, the spikes, the like, the spikes look like syrup. Yeah, it's like a, a pretty a cool, legitimate golf shoe. Yeah, I'd
2: uh, wear that. So
1: yeah, that was true. Um the other true one. Is Coca Cola making a drink for gamers, launching it in the Metaverse through Fortnite? That one
2: I actually knew was true. i had seen that before. Okay,
1: um, well that I, I thought I could get you with that one because it sounds like I just jammed in as many buzzwords as I could into one headline. Like you got, you F, got, it, you, the got Arby's you got team Metaverse, team. you got Fortnite. Uh, as we wrote, but yes, Arby's
2: Ar- did so much stuff. I, I believe that one.
1: So here's the thing about this Arby's headline, though. I wrote this headline because it sounded like something Arby's would do. But also like weird enough that you know it, it could be fake. Um, and then I Googled Arby's NFT after the fact. And of course, there's a real article from a week ago that says Arby's wants to create virtual restaurants in the
2: metaverse. That might have been what I saw. And so, that's why I thought it was real.
1: So there's no mention of specifically of horsey sauce packet NFTs, but I'm sure that'll be coming no, at some point if they've got virtual yeah, restaurants. You, all right, you got me. <laughs> um uh, quick note about Waffle House. What, Where do you how, where do you stand on Waffle House? What are your I've feelings never, there?
2: I've never been to Waffle House.
1: There's um, one,
2: there was one in Harrisburg growing up, but I never went there.
1: Oh, I didn't know there were any in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's one. There's I thought it was like Harrisburg. only like the, the Northeast was diners only. Like yeah, Waffle House wasn't allowed.
2: Was That's there. the thing why we never went to it. There were so many other breakfast options in, in town, but it at least existed and did enough business to stay open for... My entire upbringing, at least,
1: that is that's impressive news to me. Um, I went to Waffle House one time. It was outside of Cincinnati after a really long drive out there uh, for an for an Eagles game, Eagles Bengals game. Um, It was it was fine. It was just you know I I didn't get the hype. Maybe because there I had there was so much hype going in. I was like, oh man, Waffle House, we got to go. This is going to be a transformative experience. And I don't know, man. I would have taken probably any Jersey Diner. Over waffle yeah house,
2: i think i think part of it is it's if it's part of your environment growing up you're more you know the same way we feel about
1: it's like us we, with Wawa. for you new
2: jersey diners for me you know central pennsylvania diners but <laughs> same general concepts
1: diners if you, a diner
2: yeah if you, if you grow up around with waffle house and going there you're gonna be nostalgic for it you're gonna that's gonna like form your opinions of things. So right I'm not gonna disparage Waffle House. I've never been. I'm sure it's great. Uh next time uh, in the in Harrisburg will go.
1: Yeah, yeah. You gotta go now that that uh so you can have a, a reference point, point of comparison yeah. for, for the diners. Uh I will say it was much better than the uh the skyline chili that I had. So the, the less said about great. that the better. We won't get into that yeah, today. I know there's I there's the some audience. big fans, but uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna cut the conversation off there. Uh, all right. That's all I got. You got anything else you want to get into today?
2: No, I'm really excited for this conversation. I think this was a lot of fun and it's fun to, you know, from our outsiders, we're in a unique perspective where we're not distributors, but so much of our job relies on the nomenclature and like definition of the various jobs of distributors. So this was, this was a fun talk.
1: Yeah, this was a really good time. Uh, one of the, the most fun conversations that I've had on the show. So uh, let's get into that. Here is our talk with Sandra. Sandra, first off, thanks so much for being here. It's uh, Friday. It's April Fool's Day we're recording this, so it's a a big day out there. No fools on this podcast today, uh, although we are going to have some fun. Uh, Do you want to just start by introducing yourself and giving us a little background on who you are, what you do, and uh, your company, Prestige Promotions?
0: Well, first of all, it just dawned on me when you said that today was April. April Fool's Day. I'm like, okay, should I actually be doing a, a podcast on April Fool's Day? Is this is this real? Are you guys punking me?
1: Yeah, this is all <laughs> an elaborate prank and uh, we're not going <laughs> to even talk about the, the topic that we told you about. It's going to be all off the cuff today. <laughs> Okay,
0: I might have, if that's the case, I might have some crazy responses for (laughs) you. But um, I am Sandra Kelly. So I am owner and a founder of Prestige Promotions, LLC. Uh, We've been in the promotional marketing industry full time for about 17, almost 18 years now. Um, absolutely love the industry. We're in Michigan, um, right outside of Flint, Michigan. Um, so uh, this is an area that we've been servicing and some great, really great people here. I run the company with my husband and business partner, Craig Kelly. Um, both of us previously had General Motors careers. I worked at General Motors for 21 years in all facets of the of company. And my husband has an IT background and he worked at GM for maybe 25 years or so. Um, and I guess that that uh, proves that the promotional marketing industry truly is one of second careers because, <laughs> <laughs> because I left General Motors to run the business um, full time. And then my husband who just retired three years ago says he never thought that the company was going to be, his, the prestige promotions was going to be his way out too. So
2: it worked so out we, great.
0: Yeah. So we're both in it. Um, family business.
1: That's great. Um, so I, I was doing a little pre-show research. And I I found your bio on the MIPA, the uh, Michigan Promotional Professionals Association website. So you're you're the immediate past president of MIPA, right?
0: I am the immediate past president. And I will have to say that um, being a part of MIPA, joining MIPA several years ago, really help boost my career um and it it was really a good thing i would encourage anyone and everyone who is not a part of a regional association to join but not just join actually get involved and um yeah get involved step up take a board seat you know chair a committee uh volunteer in any way you can but yeah MIPA has been very good to me i try to be very good to MIPA. (laughs) It was uh it was great being president last year a little bit of a challenge because we were on the tail end of uh the pandemic yeah you
1: inherited that. that's a, that's a tough situation to step into
0: for sure so we so I term last year as our year of coming out because uh, in 2020 I mean we were on total lockdown no events sure. you know all of our all of our meetings were uh virtual by a zoom but uh, last year we did you know, come out and um, get back to our trade shows and seeing people in person with precautions, of course. Uh, but it, it worked out. It worked out really well. We ended the year in a black. So I said, OK, hey, we won.
1: Good time <laughs> to step away, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sure. But yeah, yeah, still a part of MIPA and uh, a really great organization.
1: Yeah, we we love the regional associations. Everybody we ever talked to who's been involved with them says the same thing. Get involved. It's great. It's you you make such amazing connections and it's it's just a really great experience overall. Um, I did want to point out that one of the fun facts you have listed on your MIPA bio is that you're also an actress and that you've appeared in uh, commercials and small film projects, which I think makes you the most interesting person we've ever had on the show. So, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, you know,
0: well, you, well, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but I am actually a wannabe actress. So, <laughs> but hey, my,
1: you got you got acting credits. It counts. You
0: know, more I, than I that. really do. I really do. So, remember, I said, you know, I'm in Michigan, and there was uh, a few years back, several years back, actually, uh, our governor at the time uh gave credits to Hollywood to come out and produce films here. And those credits were worth quite a bit of money. So we had a flood of movies and, and producers and projects come to Michigan. And of course they bring the big stars, okay? But there's several smaller roles, background acting, um, opportunities to, you know, do hair, makeup. All of that became available when the industry came here. And um, the, the people who, like me, have like acting in their in their blood, you know, just gravitated towards it. So I really, really got involved in it. It was a ton of fun. Absolutely loved it.
1: I think uh, those Michael Bay Transformers movies, those big, big blockbuster movies, they were shot in Detroit, if I'm not
0: mistaken. That is correct. That was one of them. You know, there are several, several really, um, really, really big movies that were shot here because those credits lasted for a few years. So um, again, the, the the producers, they came, took advantage of it and um, really, you know, really, I actually opened it up for those of us here who really, really wanted to get involved in the industry and couldn't go to California. Right,
1: yeah. Well, that's that's very cool. Uh, it's Like I said, I, I officially qualifies you as the most uh, fun and interesting person we've ever had on the show right there. We didn't even get into the show yet.
0: Um, I'll take it.
1: As much <laughs> as we w- we can talk movies all day, uh, the reason we wanted to have you on is uh, to, we wanted to talk about a post from PPAI. Uh, I guess it's a couple weeks old at this point, maybe a week or so ago from when we're recording. Um, it ran in, I think, PPB. It was on PPAI's website. And it was by Dale Denham as the president and CEO of yes. PPAI. Uh, and it was titled Perspectives. What is a distributor anyway? And so it starts like this. The term distributor in our market vastly understates the work and the value added, but it's definitely better than what they used to call them The industry adopted the term distributor in 1963 when the ASNA, which is the Advertising Specialty National Association, replaced the term jobber, which is one I had never heard before. I will say that distributor vast upgrade from the term jobber, Um, but he says this was synonymous with a wholesaler or intermediary. Um, At the time, the distributor was a huge step up in terms of professionalism, but I think it still does not go far enough in describing the value that has come to be added by the companies and people in these roles. So that's that's how it opens. The gist of this is that the terminology that the industry companies are referred to by, whether it's internally or uh, by PPAI, however that it's structured, are outdated at this point. They don't do an adequate job of summing up what those companies do, what the roles are. There's been so much advanced it meant in each of those jobs and, and, or each of those, you know, roles that, and uh, they don't sum up what those roles do anymore. Uh-huh. Um, so Dale posted this on LinkedIn. There was a ton of discussion on there. Um, and I think that it, it yeah. seems like PPAI wants to make this a pretty big initiative to kind of rename all of these and, and, you know, re- calculate how these, uh, the industry companies are referred to. Um, so you re- responded in that LinkedIn thread. That's where, um, how we got in contact. Cause I thought you had some really interesting input on this and uh, brought some really uh, unique perspective to it. So that's a long winded way. I wanted to set the scene and make sure we, that everybody listening knows what we're talking about. But my, I guess my first question is, what are your general feelings on this? You know, how big of a deal do you think this is and how, how necessary is it that the industry kind of take a, a hard look at this and and you know change these terms.
0: Okay, well I actually think it is a very good Good thing, and I do think it's a big deal. I was so glad to see that Dale had had brought that up, and you see how much interest and input you know that question got. I rarely uh, chime in on um, LinkedIn and, and respond to posts unless I'm saying congratulations or something. But this one, I did feel the need to you know give my opinion and say what I thought. Um, I will say that. All of the nomenclature, the um, supplier, uh, manufacturer, um, end user, I'm actually okay with those because I do think they adequately describe, you know, what is being done. Distributor, that's the one. That is the one that I, and it seems like others feel is, is outdated and does need an upgrade. I will just say one thing. Jobber.
2: <laughs> I am so glad
0: I entered the industry after the term job. I do not think I would have entered the industry had I had to call myself a jobber. I, it just I, wasn't
1: yeah, happen. we've been. I've been doing this for eleven, going on eleven years, writing about and covering this industry. I can't imagine if I had had to use that word over and over again and talking about it, that would have been craziness. It would have been too no. Much.
0: That's quite depressing. But um, <laughs> but but the term distributor, I, I actually do think it, it needs some work.
1: Yeah, and and I, I think that's a great point because a lot of the questions we have, I think all of the questions we have really surround that word distributor. I, I felt the same way that a lot of the other words do a much better job. Distributors seem to be the one that generated the most discussion on that that thread from Dale. Brendan, I I'm curious what you think about this because you and I come from this kind of a, an outsider, you know, we're we're in the industry, but we're also at a, you know, we're in, an, in a unique position in the industry. You and I are also both. Uh, relatively new to this compared to distributors who have been doing this for you know, 20 yeah. years, 30 years, whatever. So I'm, I'm curious, Brendan, you know, you're covering this every day and writing most of the, the stories that go up on our site. Like wh- where do you fall on this?
2: Yeah. You know, from my outside perspective, just from, you know, my, like you said, limited time in this world, <clears throat> I would definitely say that I would say distributor doesn't adequately cover everything you do. Cause you know, you talk to someone in then you are you're a decorator you're all these different things you have so many different hats on that it's it's, it's definitely better than jobber i think we can all agree with that but it, <laughs> yeah, that might be the, the only thing we goes, agree on yeah there's certainly more that goes into the job than simply distributing promotional products
1: yeah well agency was one that kept coming up in some form or another on that that linkedin thread i think that's pretty solid because like any other marketing medium the, the companies call themselves agencies, you got digital marketing agency or social media marketing agency, whatever, but not every promo distributor is an agency. So it's, you know, there's, there's so many, that just kind of illustrates how many distinctions and and nuances there are in that, in the role.
0: Yeah. Hey, let me, in on the agency thing <clears throat> i i get it i i get the term agency promotional marketing agency you know understand it but i think agency that term carries some weight with it that maybe not all i'm going to call us distributors because that's what we are right We're now a conversation. Maybe no, yeah, not all, yeah maybe not all distributors are ready for or really feel like they can fulfill when you say you're an agency now to me it sounds like you're all encompassing you know uh, bring us your problem and 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 bring us your marketing problem and, and we'll solve it all from soup to nuts um and there are some distributors smaller ones um you know mom and pop shops or whatever who Want to sell promotional products and, and don't necessarily have the skill, knowledge, or desire to solve like major marketing initiatives. So I think sometimes we, I don't necessarily agree that agency would be the right way to go for everyone because, again, I just feel like it carries some weight that maybe some are not ready for or don't want to carry.
1: Right. And Brendan, I know, I know you had a, that kind of leads into one of the questions you had about how that role has changed over time. So I don't know if you want to throw that one in now.
2: One of the things I I was kind of thinking about with this is, you know, for someone like you who has been in the industry for a good while, how has that job referred to as distributor? How's that changed uh, in terms of, what's expected of you from your clients, how you fulfill orders and all that. How has that role evolved throughout your time in the industry?
0: Um, well, one of the things that I, I am very interested in and push really hard is um, education and professional development within the industry. So as I have increased my skills and my knowledge, I have shared that with my, my clients. Now, they still know me as a, well, maybe they don't know me as a distributor because I refer to myself as a promotional, um, promotional marketer. So, um, but, but over, over time, um, I have grown to be able to, um, share and teach more about how to properly use and get the most benefit out of, um, promotional products, which, in essence when you boil it all down it is what we do is what we sell um, so i my from a client standpoint they don't necessarily know me as a distributor because i don't think i've ever called myself a distributor to them
1: right yeah you, you refer to yourself as a promotional marketer or promotional marketing professional right like That's correct. why did you why did you go with that like i'm curious what your you know when you were setting out to do this or, you know, why did you decide on that or how did you fall into that description?
0: I never, ever wanted to hide the fact that I sold promotional products. You know, sometimes we try, we couch it um, with, um, well, you know, I can't even think of the terms, Um, but it's, it's, we say everything but promotional products, but I I never wanted to hide the fact that that's what I sell. This is it. This is what I do. Let me show you how to do it. Right. So I I always wanted to incorporate the term promotions or promotional. And then the marketer, part came from the fact that there is a way to actually use these items to promote, to teach, to, to, you know, enhance, um, to make your brand praise a way to do that. And, and so I, I always felt like combining that promotion promotional with marketing just fit. And then, as I mentioned before, you know, as my career has gone on, I've tried to incorporate continuous learning, which where that the professional comes from, because I'll I'll tell you working at General Motors for 21 years, when I left to become, to start this business, there was a lot to learn. When you start a business, when you're an entrepreneur, you wear a lot of hats. You are the company and, and there's there's lots of moving parts. And, you know, if you're going to be successful and really stick with it, you have to learn those, even though you bring on others eventually into your company, to help it grow. You know, you start from a base of just knowing and working mostly all of the pieces of it. And, um, uh, with that, I learned so much. I felt like a true professional. It wasn't just something I was throwing out there. You know, I felt like I put in the work to become a professional. So I love the term promotional marketing professional,
1: right? Especially coming from a completely different industry and completely different background. Like you, you have to do that to wrap your head around even just the, some of the more basic concepts in the industry, let alone the, the more complex ones and being able to actually do this as your livelihood and, and your business. Um, we tend to prefer promotional marketing as well, hence the name of our brand. We're promo marketing. This is the promo marketing podcast. So we we like that one a lot. Uh there was an interesting reply on that LinkedIn thread from it was a distributor who said that name could also be a bit confusing because customers, you know, sometimes the word promotions can mean events. Uh-huh. Uh so you know, you see promotional marketing, maybe that the, the Clients or you know people who are just googling, they think that that's an events business. Uh, I'm curious what you think about that. Do you ever run into that issue? And you know, if you do, how do you kind of make sure there's no confusion for clients?
0: Well, I can see how that can be an issue. I did read that response, and I totally understood uh, what the person was trying to get at. Um, I have never run into that. I, I have not had that be a problem. Now, it could be because when I, as I was introducing myself, I was handing them a branded promotional item, <laughs> so which led them to promptly say, oh, thank you. You know, what is this? Which, you know, <laughs> let me do my, my pitch. Um, but, you know, I, I can't see how that could be an issue. But, no, I have not run into it.
1: I think I mean, that's great that you've never run into it. That that and you know, having promotional products, a physical marketing medium, and being able to hand that to somebody certainly helps. Because, like you said, there's no better conversation starter than that, and better you know, proof of concept of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that you know, because there were a couple of responses like that, and I know that other distributors have said that that before. I think that really speaks to how big of a challenge it is to completely overhaul the industry terminology. Like the the one thing everyone seems to agree on is that the current terminology does need updating, yes. especially especially the word distributor, because it, it does it, at worst makes it sound like a middleman. And at best, it just, like we said up top, it no longer really adequately encapsulates all the extra value that distributors bring to the table beyond selling promotional products. Uh, that is but true. To, to kind of play devil's advocate here a little bit though, like this industry has difficulties even agreeing on what to call the products. I mean, like you said, like sometimes we, you you we don't even want to refer to them as promotional products. And then you have some companies have embraced the word swag while others are like, no, swag is a dirty word. We can't call it swag. (laughs) It's, it's the cheapens the product. Um, and you know, some prefer to call it branded merchandise over promotional products and so on. Um, and then, you know, you get beyond that into the naming, it's like promotional merchandise company, promotional marketing agency, brand merchandising agency, like the terminology is all over the map. So, I think it's beyond the scope of this discussion to figure out and agree on the terms. We're going to leave that to PPAI cause that's their job. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, I guess my question is, do you think it's even possible to do this at this point? Like this seems like a huge undertaking and I feel like we can't make everybody happy with, with this.
0: Okay. So we are in agreement on that. We are never going to make everyone happy, but that never means that you don't try that you don't, you know, set out to go ahead and make the changes. You know, I love what you just said um, regarding all the, the terms we use just for the product itself Um there, there are so many. This, inter- this industry is so interesting. But I absolutely love the fact that this question was brought up and brought up by someone at the top of our industry. And I think... If we get the two heads um, or the two the two top organizations in our industry being PPAI and ASI to work together on this, we can really get some traction. But um, something of this magnitude, yes, I think it needs to be done, Um, even though it's going to be hard and confusing and some people were not going to like it. It's, it needs to be done. We have a great industry. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to people, I refer to our industry as the, the best, biggest industry you never heard of. Yes. And that's because that's because they know, um, promotional products when they get them. They may not know that's what we call them, but they know them when, when, when they receive them, they know how they're used. Um, They may work at a place who's given them before. So they know what they are, but they don't necessarily know that we are an industry, you know, billions of dollar industry that, that has, that creates jobs. And, and, and it's a great way for people with an entrepreneurial spirit to, have a business and run a business and grow a business. So I think that, um, you know, with PPA, I even bringing this up, I don't know if they're going to take it on, but even bringing this up, that is a good thing for our industry because we need some kind of commonality, you know? Um, and I think if enough of us embrace it, then I'm going to say, I hate to say this, but 20 years down the line, you know, maybe this conversation won't be necessary anymore.
1: Right. And and that's an, a really great point about this being an industry that nobody knows exists until, you know, like I, I people ask what I do and I tell them I, I'm an editor for a business to business publication and we cover the promotional products industry and I get blank books. <laughs> Brendan, I'm sure you, you get that all the exactly time too. Same. It's I not it's not until you tell them, oh, like that, you know, the, the companies that, you know, if, if you have a, a pen with a logo on it at the bank, like that's, that's this exactly is our the situation. I yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's,
0: you know that's my go to. Okay. Now, I am going to say this. I think it's a damn shame that we still have to further explain what we do by saying, well, you know, the trouble mug. Right. You know, <laughs> the, 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 I hate that. It is irritating.
1: Yeah. And, and it, again, it, it speaks to, the complexity of the industry, because like even beyond that face value concept, which is kind of hard for people to grasp, like the, the actual industry, the structure is a lot more complicated than a lot of other ones. Like Brendan, you remember at the office, we have that uh, flow chart that somebody mm-hmm. made years, back, like predates me that we would pass along to each editor who, you know, each writer that we we brought on. And it was like, uh, car, paper, con- construction paper, and coloring. And it was like manufacturer, supplier, distributor, end user, end buyer, yeah. like, so and buyer. Like, really and nice we little we just,
2: flow chart we made. <laughs> we I passed it, it, it when I yeah. started, someone else, I passed it on to the next person we hired, and it works. But, and,
1: and that's like, so that's kind of where I fall is like, any way we can simplify that outwardly, I think that that helps. Internally, I almost feel like it still works because, like, when we refer to the term distributor, we all know what we're talking about when we're, you know, when we have these internal conversations about the industry. And you know, you you talk about all the different names that companies have for what they do and what they call themselves. Like that's already out there. So companies in this industry distributors are already kind of have taken the initiative to, to do that and call themselves, you know, whatever fits best for their business expertise. So I was kind of curious, you know, how you feel about that. Like, do you think like a laissez-faire capitalism kind of thing is what we we want here? Or do you think that this should be like a top-down industry initiative?
0: You know, I'm old school. I definitely think it should be a top-down initiative. I do disagree um, just a bit, Sean, that um, maybe we keep the nomenclature that we're used to internally, and then, you know, use what we think fits best externally, I think we actually need to pull it together and just come up with something that we use internally and externally. I I think that um, it's going to be difficult and confusing enough Um, so once we come up with something that resonates with the majority, I think that we ought to push it and, and, and use it internally and and externally.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it's going to be hard, but hard things are often the things that are worth doing. So I, I agree that, you know, as far as taking the industry to the next step outwardly to the, the customers and the people that, that, you know, we're talking to that, have those blank stares when we say promotional products like that's that's who this is about more than internally so i think it's a really great discussion to have
0: yeah, um, yeah.
1: brendan anything you want to yeah, add or ask before we change gears a little bit
2: no i think we really covered a lot i think you know i think we're all pretty much in agreement that the nomenclature definitely needs to change but also in agreement that it's not and you can't just snap your fingers and that the entire industry accepts it
1: yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that we're not the ones that have to figure this out. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then Sandra, do you have anything else you want to add on this before we change gears here? I, I had a couple questions for you about, uh, you know, some, some non-industry nomenclature things that, that you have going on.
0: You know, there is one thing that I want to to say. I don't know if it just bothers me or other uh, people in the industry experience this. So as a business owner, sometimes there's opportunities to apply for grants or apply for other services, right? There's always a drop down list of what industry you're in. Our industry is never in it it is never there. Okay, there's there's marketing, there's advertising, there's consulting, um, you know, there's retail, printing, and i always want to check all those boxes. <laughs> because we fit it, but you only get to check one. And so what i what i have found is that sometimes i check marketing, sometimes i check advertising, sometimes i check retail. You know, it it's just it's it's irritating. That's a place where I would love to see the term promotional marketing industry Uh, in in Uh, that drop-down list. So I could choose something that where I really feel like I fit.
1: Yeah. We don't want to be in the other category anymore. This is, we actually run into this a lot, Brendan, you specifically because every time the Inc 5,000 list comes out, we Mm -hmm. comb through the all 5,000 companies. And by we, I mean, usually Brendan, (laughs) and and fi- we try to find all of the promotional products or you know print companies that are in there and you can sort that list by category but there's no, no promotional products category so you've got marketing services might have 30 companies and then you've got uh, what is it what are the categories Brent it's like re- consumer goods yeah, there's like is consumer like, goods there's like it's, marketing it's just all over the map
2: yeah and it's really and basically. And
1: the, sorry go ahead no, nah, it just ends up being like four different categories that you've got to search for just to find oh, the, at least. the promotional product. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Hey, listen, we have been around long enough and we have contributed enough to the economy that we need our own category. It's
1: a $24 billion industry. Come on. That's, mm-hmm.
2: a, that's a little bit of a chunk, good it's chunk of... Like streamline that. things a tad. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, well, this this was awesome. I think this was a really fun topic and we could probably... Go even deeper on this. Maybe we'll save that for some follow up coverage. Uh, since we're we're getting close on time here, I did want to ask you, Sandra. You know what you have going on at Prestige Promotions that you're excited about, or you know just anything in general that you're excited about in the promo industry. That, that you know, what like, big things that you're watching or anything that's really getting you pumped.
0: Well, since we're short on time, I'm going to skip. You know what's going on with, with the company right now, but tell you what's going on in general <clears throat> that I am excited about in the industry something that i like to call moving giveaways to gifts now this this is an initiative that i actually learned about from um from Charity Gibson. And then also um, Roger, uh, Roger Burnett had mentioned this. And this is where, you know, we show our clients how to take a promotional item. And instead of, as they say, slapping your big fat logo right in the middle of it, actually using something more like a positive A quote or uh, uh, something funny um, to make the item, the promotional item, more retail-like and make your branding smaller. Um, Your branding is still there. People still know they got it from you. They still know how to contact you, but the item actually becomes more of a gift than a giveaway. Now, I love this because I'm, I'm really big on keeping promos out of the landfill or as, um, as uh, Danny Rosen says, keeping it out of the brand field, my favorite term. Uh-huh. So I, I really like that. And we have actually been taking this concept and sharing it with our client it has been resonating. And I find that very, very, uh, very, very exciting. So I, I'm, I'm really, really, um, really excited about that. I um, want to, you know, keep, you know pushing that and um, you know just see where see where it goes.
1: I think that's a it's great that you bring that up because we mentioned this on a previous episode one or two back about how that corporate gifting market is maybe even bigger than anybody realized. Mm-hmm. And I think just tweaking that terminology and tweaking the approach to make promotional products, brand and merchandise more about gifting and less about Giveaways that could have a huge impact for companies who are trying to tap into that market and and gain more market share there. Right, you know the the trade show market and the the actual giveaways. That's probably going to come back in full at some point if it hasn't yet. Everybody's anxious to get back to events. I think, but I feel it it feels like you can unlock an entire untapped market just by kind of changing that approach.
0: Uh, Absolutely, and the other thing that I think it does is I think it actually helps elevate the industry. I think it helps. For sure you know, what we do. And I'm all about that. So, so again, I'm, I'm really excited about
1: that. Well, that's great. Uh, well, this, this was awesome. Uh, any more, uh, anything else you want to fire out there? We're a couple minutes over time, but no, no, no. I'm sorry. I talked too much. This was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we're good. So unless you have anything else you want to add, I mean, we just really appreciate you to stopping by virtually here and taking the time out of your Friday to to be here with us. And uh, this was a really great conversation. I just want to say thank
0: you guys so much. It's not often that you get an opportunity to share your opinion and your thoughts. I appreciate it.
1: No problem at all. all I right, take it easy, Sandra.
0: Okay. Bye, guys.
1: I'm just imagining an alternate timeline in which we still call distributors, jobbers, and we have to just <laughs> just. Right, the word "jobber" over and over again in all of our coverage. I, I can't. I'm, I'm so thankful that that got changed. Yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> that was a necessary adjustment.
1: That is all the time we have today for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows.
2: And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing.
1: Thanks again, everybody. For Brendan Menavis, I am Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast.